I had that Terrence Trent Darby album, and that wasn't even the best song on it. The best song never got released. Welcome to the Pop Culture Tournaments Podcast, where we discuss and debate past results as well as entries in upcoming tournaments hosted in the Facebook group Pop Culture Tournaments. Pop Culture Tournaments is where you can vote on the best of the best of pop culture in tournaments set up in the style of the NCAA basketball tournament. And now, here are your hosts, Patrick Despain, Rob Matthews, and Bruce Slap Beach. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Tournaments. I'm Rob. I'm Patrick. I'm Slat, but that's it. I'm my real name. That's my stage name. My real name's Bruce. You can call me Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Yeah. Joining us again this week is a guest on our seating committee, Todd McDillon. Welcome back, Todd. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be back, guys. We'd also like to acknowledge and thank our other guest seaters for the best of the 80s tournament, Jeff, Derek, and Donnie, as well as the fourth permanent member of the seating committee, Nate Downs. Nate recused himself from the 80s song tournament, but we're looking forward to getting him back next month. Miss you, Nate. We will also be joined later in the episode by a real music expert, the host of VH1's That Metal Show for 14 seasons, Don Jameson. We are really looking forward to talking with him and hearing his thoughts on the songs in the tournament and the 80s in general. In today's episode, we'll be reviewing the results of the third phase of our epic Best Song of the 80s tournament, the 1985-87 tournament. We will also be taking a look at the matchups in the next phase, the 1988-89 tournament. For those of you who are new to the group, we host tournaments on all facets of pop culture, but right now, we just passed the halfway point of our Best Song of the 80s tournament. We've broken the decade down into four parts, 80-82, 83-84, 85-87, and 88-89. The first three are complete. Once we wrap up the decade with our 88-89 contest, we'll take the Sweet 16 from each of the four and put them into the Best Song of the 80s Grand Finale, which starts on October 5th. We hope you've been playing along since the beginning, but if you're just joining us, there's still a lot to come, and we'd love to welcome you to our Facebook group, Pop Culture Tournaments. You can follow us on Instagram under the same name. Fellas, let's take a look back. Uh, we just completed the 85-87 to tournament. Uh, one thing that uh, I noticed was Pat Benatar and her 13th seeded Love is a Battlefield went to the lead eight in the 83-84 tournament. She came into this tournament with a 12 seeded We Belong, but couldn't pull off a similar run. She lost by one vote in the first round. Everybody have fun tonight by Wang Chung. The lowest seed to advance to the Elite Eight in this tournament was the Beastie Boys' 10th seeded Fight for Your Right to Party. Which I believe you heard somebody tell you was going to happen here on the last podcast. Someone may have mentioned it, yeah. yeah. I don't remember it, that. That's the only thing I got right, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I did get right that Howard Jones was going to be, have a beatdown of Colossal Proportions as well. Yes, yeah, she did. Todd, any thoughts on the on the tournament that just concluded? Uh, well, yeah, I guess uh, I I can say kudos to all of us. Uh, our our top four seeds all made it to the final four, um, you know, which which surprised me a little bit. I thought that would have happened in the eighty three eighty four more than this one, but uh, uh, you know, having four number one seeds, I don't even think the the college basketball tournament the NCAA has ever had that happen. No. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty amazing to go from the to the turn before the eighty the eighty three eighty four had no number one seeds, and then we turn around and have this one and all four get in. Right, right. But and, then, and the one eighty three eighty four was just so many good songs. I mean, we could have had thirty two number one seeds, you know. So that that could have played a part in it. The, the one thing I took away from this tournament. 
and and not just it doesn't just apply to music it applies to anything is it's impossible to divorce external factors away from your feelings about something and so when you're looking at something you can't look at things in a bubble for example the thing that won our tournament don't you don't you forget about me is is not even close to being the best song in this tournament however you cannot divorce people's emotional attachment to that song and that movie and it's not just music go back to the video games i had punch out seated number one why because that's the video game i would go play with my buddies every night at 11 o'clock at the 7-eleven during the summer of 1984 and and that's the same thing that happened to don't you forget about me in this tournament is people could not divorce the fact that they loved that movie that song was in that movie despite the fact that it was initially offered to billy idol who turned it down it was then offered to corey hart who turned it down because apparently he thought he was going to ride that sunglasses at night thing for the rest of his life then simple minds had it so you know it, it was such a good song that billy idol didn't want it but yet once it gets attached to that movie it becomes the winner of this tournament so you can't one thing i've learned is you cannot divorce external factors from your thinking agreed and was, that's why i think thriller went as far as it did when it's not the better song in that one Right. Oh, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, looking at 83, 84, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and I said, the best Michael Jackson song didn't make it the top four. The best Prince song didn't make the top four. Um, you know, it, it, you guys are 100% right. The reason Thriller made it is because everybody remembered the video. The video was attached to the song and everybody... I remember even reading the comments from people who were like, oh, but the video was so classic. That's why, you know, this song is going as far as it did. When we all know that Billie Jean was the best song on that album. Right. But when you have a video directed by John Landis, and it's 13 minutes long or whatever it was. Yep. A little mini film. Yep. Absolutely. Nothing else on the 8384? Or sorry, 8587? Well... It's funny you said 83, 84, because that's what we've talked about more than 85, 87. But, uh, <laughs> it was more interesting. <laughs> you can have a, lo a lot of soundtracks in that. Yeah, I mean, 85, 87, I, gu I guess my final thought is, um, I would, e even though Summer of 69 was the one seed, I was kind of surprised it made it to the final four. And I really thought Living on a Prayer was going to run away and win it all. But 0 for 2, I was. <laughs> You weren't alone in that thinking. <laughs> no, you weren't. So somebody predicted the winner, but I don't remember who it was. Well, speaking of that, oh. let's let's uh, go through the rankings here. Uh, the final results of the eighty-five, eighty-seven tournament were in fourth place: "Summer of '69" by Brian Adams. Coming in third was "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi. The runner-up was "Take on Me" by Aha, and the champion of the 85-87 Best Song of the 80s tournament was Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Those four songs will move on to the Best Song of the 80s grand finale and be joined by these songs. Like a Virgin, Danger Zone, Cinema's Fire, Man in Motion, With or Without You, Walk This Way, The Power of Love, Manic Monday, Fight for Your Right to Party, Addicted to Love, Take Me Home Tonight, Your Love, and Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Who will join them in the finale? From the 8089 tournament, let's preview the matchups in round one. First, we have the Los Angeles Regional with number 15, Waiting for a Start of Fall by Boy Meets Girl, taking on number two, Wild Thing by Tone Loke. 
uh, waiting for a girl like you should be better than a 15. Nope. Waiting, my... for a, waiting for a star to fall. Waiting, yeah, that too. Waiting for a girl like you was about eight years earlier, right? So... <laughs> and it probably was better than number 15. <laughs> but <laughs> Waiting for a star to fall, yes. That, that should be higher than 15. Uh, no chance against Tone Woke. No right. Exactly. No chance. Yeah, no, I agree. And what we're going to find in this tournament is we're going to have a bunch of hip-hop for the first time showing up, and we're also going to have a bunch of metal showing up for the first time, which will be joined by Don Jameson to discuss. We're going to have some remnants of what you consider quintessential classic 80s, and then we're going to have some beginning of what will be considered quintessential 90s. It's going to be an interesting tournament. We talk about hip-hop moving into the mainstream. To illustrate just how far into the mainstream Wild Thing by Tone Loke went, when I was growing up, my dad owned a uh, a redneck slash biker bar, and um, the Wild Thing was on the jukebox, and they played it all the time, and my dad knew all the words. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it pervaded pretty deep into into our mainstream. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, this was, uh, I was mentioning earlier, uh, you know, to you guys off the, off the podcast, how... Uh, the 88, 89 is where, where music really started to transition, uh, you know, out of that, that 80s type music that we were so used to. You had a lot of the, the, the hair metal, power ballad stuff. Uh, you had a lot of the hip hop, you know, the Tone Loke, the Young MC, uh, you know, Bobby Brown. And, and then your, your mainstream stuff started to become more you know, girl band sisters with voices and expose and stuff like that with the occasional Debbie Gibson and Martika sprinkled through. So um, this is definitely the start of the transition into the 90s. The second matchup in the Los Angeles Regional sees number 10, Won't Back Down by Tom Petty, going up against the fine young cannibals, She Drives Me Crazy at number 7. I got a mild upset alert here. Me too, because that song drives yeah. me crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even – I wouldn't even consider it a mild upset. I, I think that Tom Petty's the favorite. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, they're, he was much more mainstream, much longer uh, in, the, in the realm. I mean, name something the Fine Young Cannibals did after their two songs. Retired. Um, that's what they yeah, did. Exactly. Lived off their two songs and faded into oblivion. Number 11, Wild Wild West by the Escape Club goes up against number six, Look Away by Chicago. I think we're looking at a possible upset here, too. Which is bizarre because Look Away by Chicago was the number one overall song for 1989 on the Billboard chart. But what we have learned from previous tournaments is if you were the number one overall song for your year, you were not going to do well in these tournaments. Walk Like an Egyptian, knocked out in the first round. Well, that's what friends are for, knocked out in the first round. And according to Patrick, look away, going to be knocked out here in the first round. Possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. It wouldn't surprise me either. I, I, I think Chicago should win, but... It, it's I again. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. 
Next up, we have number 14, Johnny Hates Jazz's Shattered Dreams, taking on number three, Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. This is a sister kisser. <laughs> Can they just tie? <laughs> you aforementioned Debbie Gibson. You know, I, I boy, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think Patrick's 100% right. It, it could go either way. It could end in a dead heat. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know where to go with this one. People like yeah. Debbie Gibson and people like that song, Shattered Dreams. Yeah. It's not bad. Right. But I think this is just the winner here is just second round fodder. Well, the winner yeah. here will take will take on the look away matchup winner. So Wild Wild West, right. One of these four songs we just talked about is gonna end up in the sweet sixteen. Right. <laughs> so yeah, now that I know that those other two, I, I I like Look Away's chances even better. But <laughs> they have to get past Wild Wild West first. The next matchup is is my favorite of this uh, of this region, just because of the two songs <laughs> and how different they are. Number thirteen, one by Metallica, is taken on number four, Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are definitely the types of matchups we did not get in the previous three brackets that is for sure oh man uh, I think one one wins by default I think almost everybody still hates Billy Vanilli 30 years later uh, I don't know about this at all really I mean people uh, like that song even though it the real singers were not the two front men and right. one, one may be a little heavy for some people. Uh, personally, I love it, but you know, not everybody gets Metallica, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I think our, I think our rural Kentucky membership might sway this one over to one favor. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, Patrick's right though. It doesn't matter. Who sang the song? I mean, yes, we were lied to. It wasn't the two people we thought it was. But that doesn't change the fact that the song and the music was still okay. Right. You know, it, it, it's, but I just think that there's there was such a Milli Vanilli backlash back then. And, uh, you know, I don't think it ever went away. I think No, there's still, still a joke. Angry. Yeah. There's still a joke today. Yep. And just like Slat was talking about earlier, um, divorcing your feelings from from your judgment, I'll tell you, I'll be honest and tell you, um, not one Millie Vanilli song that is in this tournament, and there's a few, um, I ranked none of them 64 or higher. I ranked them all outside the 64 because I didn't think they deserved to be in, just based on that whole, that whole lie. But well, we know Rob is still angry. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rob's one of those guys that wouldn't vote for steroid users then. No. <laughs> no. That's right. And we won't get into my feelings on Pete Rose, Slat. <laughs> I don't want my headset to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we delve too deep into that, let's go on to number 12, Wait, by White Lion, taking on number five, Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. <laughs> Another one. Another I mean, one. Yeah. Matchups are just crazy. You, I love got it. Another, you know, hair metal white lion, you know, versus a former beetle. 
talk about two different styles of music and song. Wow. Yeah, and I think this is the first one we've talked about this uh, this trend of the the hair metal uh, bad boy ballad song. We've got several. Yes, absolutely. And now I I think George Harrison wins because it's a little bit more popular song. Um, even though he basically just says the same six words throughout the entire song. It's catchy, though. I mean, it he is. learned a thing or two from Paul and John. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And this was actually a remake of the song. I don't know if anybody knew that, but uh, go on to YouTube and, and listen to the original. It, it, it actually is a pretty good song. When in doubt, go with the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. I liked Wait, but I don't think it was pretty. It, was, it wasn't, like, real wildly successful. <laughs> And I don't think a lot of people remember or think of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if George marches on here. Our 8-9 matchup sees Like a Prayer by Madonna taking on another hair metal ballad, Heaven by Warrant, at number 8. Oh, boy. I'm going to um, stick with the Pat Benatar strategy, and I'm, I'm going to people like Madonna. Yeah, I, I rated this as the number three song in the whole, in the whole field, Like a Prayer. So uh, I think it might make a little bit of a run. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree. I, I think Like a Prayer wins. Um, I'm going to go with, with kind of what we've talked about previously. Um, the video was, was so controversial and shocking at the time. And then, if you remember, she uh, started peddling Pepsi using the video. So, um, you know, com- <laughs> com- combine it with other forms of media, and uh, she has the edge simply with that. And I don't even know if this is true or not, but I heard John Hughes directed that video. So if that helps move her on, so be it. <laughs> and, the, and the Black Jesus was actually Judd Nelson. <laughs> Smoke up, Johnny. Uh... The last matchup in the Los Angeles Regional sees the number 16 seeded She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze taking on number one Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Slat, the floor is yours. Yeah, this is a slat special right here. <laughs> could you imagine Could you imagine this on a playlist? Uh, coming out of She's Like the Wind, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> I, th- I think Welcome to the Jungle wins it. I think it's going to be an interesting second-round matchup with Like a Prayer. Um, I think the thing that might hurt Welcome to a Jungle is it was attached to the 1980s and early 90s Cincinnati Bengals, and that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get the hashtag, though. Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, RIP Patrick Swayze, for one. Um, but For sure. This could, this could be one where it's a shutout. I really think that I, I I can see Patrick Swayze not getting a vote at all. Very possible. Although I thought we'd get one last time and it didn't happen. Right. Right. All right. Moving on into the Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania regional, starting off with the number 15 beds are burning by midnight oil. uh, Taking on number two, bust a move by young MC. Wow. Uh, you know what? Beds Are Burning is such a great song, uh, and it was so under undervalued. Um, and it's going to get um, destroyed. I was yep. just going to say, and on that note, uh, thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll go back to Australia with your heads held high because you're not beating Young MC. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. 
don't see a don't see a path for beds are burning. The next game is uh, Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi at number 10, playing number 7, When I See You Smile by Bad English. Uh, and moving on to... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, going to say, I'm going to go with Bon Jovi simply because of his popularity. Me That's too. It. Yep. And it, w it will be the most commented upon matchup in the, on the group because we seem to have a I love Bon Jovi, I hate Bon Jovi faction yep. going in the group. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but we also have an I hate John Waite faction. I mean, we <laughs> we talked about, at least with the seating committee, how we have some people who think Missing You could be the worst song of the 80s. Um, John Waite being the lead singer of Bad English, who knows? You know, it's... Our next matchup is the number 11 Love Bites by Def Leppard going up against number six Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. I think we might have an eleven on the upset right here. I agree. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Def Leppard is going to beat Belinda Carlisle. Um, uh, I, I don't really have anything more to add to that. Just love bites wins. <laughs> Same here. Here we go again with uh, Bon Jovi coming in at number fourteen with "I'll Be There for You," going up against number three, "Nothing But a Good Time" by Poison. Oh, it's going to be a rough be a, one. It's going to be a slugfest. Yes, finally two two uh, heavy metal bands going at it. Finally, or hard rock, I guess. I wouldn't say heavy metal, but um, psh, nothing but a good time is the better song. But again, I think it's going to come down to popularity of the band. Are you a Bon Jovi person or are you a Poison person? I think it's going to come down to Poison being a more upbeat song than I'll Be There For You, which is why it'll win. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I can see that. I, I can agree with that 100%. Yeah, I really think any votes that I'll be there for you gets will be simply because it's Bon Jovi. Not that right. it's a better song than nothing but a good time. Not that I'll be there for you isn't a good song. It's fine. But I think any votes it'll get just because it's you like Bon Jovi. Right. Next up, we have number 13, Hold On to the Nights by Richard Marks, playing number four, Need You Tonight by NXS. I think oh, Richard, Richard Marks is going to have to hold on to the votes because <laughs> Need You Tonight is going to destroy him. Yep. Yep. I'm going to declare it, Patrick. Yeah. Go it's for it. Going to be, it's going to be a beatdown of colossal proportions. There it is. There it is. Um, I agree. NXS moves on. Next up, we've got number 12. It's The End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. And they are playing number five, The Look by Roxette. I kind of like a twelve, a little twelve upset here. I can uh, see it. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Possible. I think it's going to. I think into the world as we know it is going to win, and it's not going to be close. That's my prediction. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I think REM is going to win. I think you're going to see the twelve win this one. Um, by how much, I don't know, but I agree with you three. I think REM has it. Next up, number nine, eighteen in life by Skid Row. Taking on the very similar number eight, Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. <laughs> I love these matchups. I got to tell you, these are the best of the four brackets we've had by far. Um, man. Um, I think it's going to come down to the voters' preference. Are they hard rock or do they like uh, the, the power ballad from Dick Marks? I don't know. 
Dick marks. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. I will never think of anything else when I hear that guy's name from now on. Thank you for that. Oh. Well, oh. I heard that a few years ago and I said, yeah, that fits. Oh that my fits. god. But that's his name. It's Dick Marks. So. Little penicillin will clear that right up. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree, don't... Todd. I mean, that that right here winning is not a bad song at all. No, it's not. But Skid Row is a complete different, almost different genre. Right. And it's it's, it's going to be personal we, preference. I agree. I agree. I, I think as we listen to more and more of these matchups, the voting in this tournament more than the other three is going to come down to musical preference versus the actual songs. For sure. And you know how old were you when these songs came out? Right. Uh, that is going to be be a major factor, I think. Yep. Yep. The last matchup in this regional sees the number sixteen, "Listen to Your Heart" by Roxette, going up against number one, "Every Rose Has a Thorn" by Poison. Beat down, move her on. Yep. Uh, th yeah. Thank you, Roxette. Both of your entrants in this bracket will be destroyed. Our next regional is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Chobham, Surrey, England Regional, and just hope that I didn't muff that like I did the Worcester Regional earlier. Our first matchup is number 15, Hands to Heaven by Breathe, going up against number two, Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer. Well, Addicted to Love already showed us our group loves Robert Palmer videos. Uh, this could be your shutout right here. Yep. Yeah, our number twos are strong. In this, you know, no matter how uh, strong or weak the rest of the field is, it looks like our number twos here got some really strong entries. Yeah, I, I I'm going to put in a little uh, a plug for Hands to Heaven though. That that's a better thought, better song than people think. I, I it is good. I remember hearing that back when you know I was a God. That would have been my freshman or sophomore year of college. And uh, when I first heard it, I was like, hey, that's actually a, a really good song. So when you see this matchup, do yourself a favor. Click on the YouTube link that will be in the comments and listen to Hands to Heaven and, and, and have a little uh, enjoyable uh, two to three minutes before you vote for Simply Irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Our next game is number 10, Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen, taking on the funky cold Medina of Tone Loke at number seven. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I think Tone wins it. Oh, I yeah. I think he does, too. I, I, Hungry Eyes is a great song from, uh, from Dirty Dancing, but, uh, you know, he's got Alex from Strohs. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, He's got all those dogs showing up at his house because he's got the funky cold Medina. Yep, it's the better song. Mm -hmm. Next up is number 11, Toy Soldiers by Martika. And it's going up against number 6, When I'm With You by Sheriff. <laughs> huh. I, I can't believe Toy Soldiers is in the field, much less an 11 seed. So I think, I think uh, Sheriff moves on. Well, and, and I agree, but what's funny is when I'm with you was actually recorded in like 1981, I think. And, uh, you know, I think most people, not maybe, maybe not most people, but um, a lot of people, Sheriff had actually, as a band, broken up 
two years prior to this song being released. And, um, you know, I guess some Canadian DJ or something heard the song and decided to play it and it became popular. And the band was like, hey, do we want to get back together? And they decided not to. So uh, interesting <laughs> little bit about Sheriff, you know. But the, yeah, but the, but the song was actually eight years old. It, it was recorded in '81 and wasn't released until '89. That's amazing that you can like you can dislike someone enough that like, hey, we've got a number one song, we can make a ton of money going on the road, and you're like, nah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It, it kind of reminded me of the of the this is Final Tap at the end when you know Nigel had quit the band and then all of a sudden their their number one song was in Japan and he shows up and he's like, hey guys, we're number one in Tokyo. Do you want to go? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So, uh. <laughs> Next up is another one, a, a, a pretty divisive band from what we've seen so far in the, in the comments. Number 14, Love Shack by the B-52s. And they are up against number three, Baby Don't Forget My Number by Millie Vanilli. Are you sure Love, you're not reading those, those those seeds in reverse? Right. Right. <laughs> Love, Love Shack moves on. Right. Love Shack wins. Easily. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, beats a, beats a beatdown. There's a beatdown right here. That would make me happy. <laughs> on a couple of levels. Like I said about Millie Vanilli earlier, but I really love the B-52s at Love Shack. Todd, we've got some we've got some memories, I, I guess, or I do anyway, of the Love Shack. In yeah, Macomb. Robbie, you, you do, and unfortunately, I never set foot in that place. Can yeah. you believe it? A friend of ours, a mutual friend, had a had a house that they rented uh, in college, and they called it the Love Shack, and had just epic parties. Um, they were um, they had had a DJ service prior to that, and so their their sound system was amazing. And it was, they had t-shirts and, and it was just, it was amazing. So that, that is one of those things that is tied to a specific time in my life and the memories made when that song was playing. And, and uh, so I'll never escape that, that, but we've seen several people comment already that the B-52s, you know, you love them or you hate them, I guess. I mean, no, no, the B Love Shack wins and you know how big the margin is? It's as big as a whale. I was going to say at least 52. <laughs> it, will it will be 52. It will be 52. <laughs> oh, here we go with uh, number 13, Parents Just Don't Understand by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, playing number four, Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bangles. I think you got an upset alert here, unfortunately, because Hazy Shade of Winter is if you were just to hear that song in a vacuum, you would never guess it was a Bangles song. In my opinion, it's their best song. Me too. I agree. You know, I, I kind of hope that it does win because I think they got screwed when they went up against each other in the last bracket, you know. So, um, but I agree. Hazy Shade of Winter is a really good song. And, um, uh, you know, Parents Just Don't Understand was like the introduction of of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Surprisingly, the Fresh Prince wasn't even first. He, he mentioned second, you know, but uh, I'd like to see the Bengals win this. Yeah, I hope it's, it, it's actually a remake of an old Simon and Garfunkel song, and they remade it much better than the original, in my opinion. It's the second time that's happened to Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Okay. Um, so... 
Todd mentioned the the Bengals facing off against each other in the last last tournament. It almost happened again uh, by one place. If number 12 would have been number 13, it would have happened again. But we have number 12, Eternal Flame, by the Bengals, going up against number 5, straight up, by Paula Abdul. I love Eternal Flame. Uh, I hope it wins here. I don't know if it will. I think your Paula Abdul, American Idol love, might you know help that move on. And I'll be darned if she doesn't launch a TV commercial right as this tournament's coming out, where she's replaying that video back then and doing it now currently. So... I hope Eternal Flame wins. I think Straight Up wins. Same here. I, I totally yeah. agree. Uh, I think Straight Up is the winner here, too. Our next matchup is the number nine, Free Fallen by Tom Petty, taking on number eight, What's on Your Mind, Pure Energy by Information Society. I think we've got a woefully underseated number nine song here. I think it makes a run into the uh, – it might not make the Sweet 16 because it'll have to go up against the number one seed, but I think it wins at least a couple rounds. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is more uh, name recognition again. I mean, Free Fallen's a great song. I'm not saying that, you know, that it's not. Um, but people are going to look at Tom Petty versus who, and uh, they might have to click on one of Rob's videos to uh, to remember what tell me what on your tell me what's on your mind is. Yeah, but when they hear the chorus, they're going to know it. Yeah, oh, they will. But I'm just saying that people, you say Tom Petty, boom. Yeah. They can name yeah. five songs right away. I, I hope people, because, if they don't recognize that song, will click on the video to hear Leonard Nimoy appear in Right, right. Because I, I love that song. That is, that's in my wheelhouse back then. Oh, it's a good song. I agree. I just think Tom Petty, name, name recognition beats it. Sure. Our final matchup in this regional sees number 16, Kiss Me Deadly by Lita Ford, taking on the number one seed, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Uh, all I can picture is Lloyd holding up his, his boom box. Yep. As will so everyone. That, so that Ione Sky can stare down at him. Peter Gabriel wins in a cakewalk. But I would like to say that this was a number one song two, two years prior to that movie coming out. So it's it's not just it's a great song on its own. It's not just tied to a movie. Yeah, but that's where people remember it from. I'm, but I am saying it's a great song on its own. Unlike yes. I won't mention any names. <laughs> so bitter. So oh, bitter. Bruce, hey, keep don't it up, Rob. You forget about me, Bruce. Two don't more weeks, Rob. Two more weeks. <laughs> All right, our our final regional to look at is uh, Sheffield, South Yorkshire, England regional. And the first game is between the number 15, My Prerogative by Bobby Brown, going up against number two, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Another strong number two seed. Yep, borderline number one seed, moving on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I got to say, just from a purely, purely selfish standpoint, I want Bobby Brown to get destroyed because he ruined Whitney Houston. So, preach. Yes. So I hope Sweet Child of Mine wins two hundred and twenty-five to three. <laughs> because that would be more humiliating than a shutout to get yeah. three votes. <laughs> yes, because then I would make three comments to the idiots that voted for Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Number ten, Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. And they are playing number seven, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. 
only because I want a Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses matchup in the sweet in the round of 32. Move them on. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to happen even if you didn't want that slat. Um, <laughs> Guns N' Roses is going to beat Personal Jesus. Yeah, because I, I love it when, when you have matchups. And that, that when that matchup pops up in the round of 32, yep. it might have 150 comments on that matchup because yeah. people are going to lose their minds. Yep, people are going to be just pissed. <laughs> How can you do this to us? You know. I would love to throw a Lee Corso not so fast, my friend, but I can't. <laughs> because I love Depeche Mode. I'm a Depeche yeah. Mode, you know, cure type of guy. But yeah. people are going to vote for Guns N' Roses. I, I'd almost... I'd almost want to see you say "Not so fast, my friends," and then you put on a, a headset of Jesus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Lee Corso. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be cool. Nobody would see it, but that would be cool. Right. Yeah. Next up, we got number eleven, "Pump Up the Jam" by Technotronic, taking on number six, "Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car" by Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean cannot catch a break in our tournaments. No, uh, I I think he gets knocked out here. People people are just going to go crazy. You you know when they see that matchup the rest of the day, in their head they're going to be going pump up the jam. You know, totally. it's moving on. It's moving on. You know, not so fast, my friends. No. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you're right. Billy has run into some hard times in the past and some tough matchups, but. That pump up the jam, like you said, when it gets in my head, I get pissed. <laughs> I just don't like it. And there might be a ton of people who are like, I hate that song. I'm voting for Billy Ocean for spite. So this might be his final opportunity to make the sweet or the 32, and I think he does it. I think it's a coin flip. How about well, that? I'll, that I'll weigh in and say I think pump up the jam is going through without much of a problem. Without, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Next game is number 14, Wishing Well by Terrence, Trent, and Darby. And they are take, and it's taken on number three, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Uh, Millie Vanilli oh. Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Terrence, Trent, Darby, we hardly knew ye. See ya. He's going to get yeah. Rick rolled. Yeah, Rick, yes. Rick, Rick, Rick makes a run here. Yeah. I mean, are people going to vote for Rick because it's a meme? I would assume so. Because I had that Terrence Trent Darby album, and that wasn't even the best song on it. The best song Sign, never got released. Sign Your Name? No, there's another one. That one's good, too. Oh. But there's another one. I forgot. I don't have it anymore. But Okay. It was so good he forgot it. Yeah, it was so good that he doesn't well, remember what his name was. 20 years ago. Come on. <laughs> I've slept and, and since I, then. I want, uh, that, I want you to clip that sound bite so we can use it in the future. I had that Trent. Terrence Trent Darby album. <laughs> Blooper reel at the end of the year. <laughs> Next game is number 13, The Flame by Cheap Trick. Going up against number four, Faith by George Michael. What an unfortunate matchup for Cheap Trick. Yes, well, I agree. I am predicting an upset here based upon data that I have. That mm -hmm. Faith was the number one overall song from 1988. Number one overall songs from their year. Do not do well in our tournaments. Advance Cheap Trick. It's a big call. I, you know, I, I would be fine with that, seeing that Cheap Trick is the Rockford, Illinois band. And I lived in Rockford, Illinois for a good 10 years. So 
Uh, I would love to see it. I think The Flame is a really good song. Um, but despite that, I, I, I think Faith will be the winner. On a side note, if you go to YouTube and look up uh, Cheap Trick Live at Daryl's House, the full episode is on YouTube and it's fantastic. Okay. Next up, we got number 12, Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler, taking on number five, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. There's no chance Bette Midler moves on, especially after recent comments. People hate her. And and Wind Beneath My Wings is is another movie song, right? Slat? Correct. uh, It's it's our fifth of five. Yeah, from Beaches. Yeah. Um, But yes, she better have Wind Beneath Her Wings because she's flying away. She ain't winning anything. Yeah, I think we didn't start the fire. Uh, might end up being a Sweet Sixteen song. I agree. Good. I have to. Yeah, I have absolutely. to hear the four. I have to hear the four song. I've forgotten who it is, but I think it has a chance to be a Sweet Sixteen song. Faith by George Michael is four. Oh yes, we didn't start the fire. Will be a Sweet Sixteen song. Yeah. Interesting. Next up, we have number nine, "Girl, You Know It's True" by Millie Vanilli, and the opponent is number eight, "Cult of Personality" by Living Color. Congratulations, Living Color. You're into the 32. Yep, I think so. Yep. It's unanimous. And it's, yeah, a, good, it's a good song. Those guys were great. Yeah, it's a great song. It was their only hit, but it really it really was, was good. I, I mean, I don't even know. I'm running out of adjectives here. Um, it, it was just it, – it was – I can't even describe it. It, had, it just had a life of it has a life of its own. It just yes, it just stayed on MTV forever. Our last matchup of the tournament is number sixteen, "The Living Years" by Mike and the Mechanics, taking on number one, "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by Def Leppard. I need I need to remind everybody that Mike and the Mechanics is here because they won the play-in game that we had many weeks ago against Fast Car. And you can go ahead. Slat and make your call. That will be their only win in this tournament, the play-in game. It'll be like East Tennessee State beating West Tennessee State in a play-in game, only to be getting a beatdown of colossal proportions by the eventual champion of this tournament. Pour some sugar on me. Amen, sir. We are on the same page, finally. (laughs) uh, Well, I'm going to be the lone dissenter. I, I... not with this. Pour some sugar on me is going to win. <laughs> Micah Mechanics, thank you for beating Tracy Chapman. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for beating Tracy Chapman. Um, but you will be destroyed by Def Leppard. Where I dissent is who I think wins the whole thing. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Who do you think is going to win this tournament? You know, I uh, we, we've mentioned strong number two seeds. I have a, a sneaky suspicion that Sweet Child of Mine is going to take the cake. I'm right there with you. That'd be my pick. Yep. Yep. I, All right. I think, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's a, it's a Guns N' Roses uh, loaded bracket, and I think that's the best of their of their three. So. For sure. I mean, they they, they burst on the scene with – in my opinion, the best debut album ever of any genre. And, I mean, they are appropriately represented for what they for what they were at this time. So, now, so what we're looking at here is if we're accurate, 
the matchup between who we think is going to be Patrick and I are on the same page, which kind of scares me just a little bit. <laughs> we, we both think poor little sugar army is going to win it. You guys think it's going to be sweet child of mine. That's going to be an elite eight matchup. So you're saying the eventual net championship game occurs in the elite eight is what we're saying here. If it's those two, then uh, yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, I mean, if, if Def Leppard beats him and gets in the final four, I definitely can see Def Leppard winning it all. But I just, I like sweet child of mine. Let's take a look at some of the songs that almost made the cut but fell just short. Coming in at number 65 was Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. 66 was Don't Shed a Tear by Paul Carrick. Number 67 was Push It by Salt and Peppa. And number 68 was You Got the Look, Prince and Sheena Easton. So a couple stars of the 83-84 tournament uh, just fall shy of getting to reappear in this tournament. Uh, you know, I think we all agree that this uh, field was not as strong as some of our previous fields. So I don't think we have that uh, glaring omission from the tournament like we are. You could make a good argument for like we had in some of the others. Right. Agreed. Definitely agreed. I, I, I know I, I made a comment to Rob a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> I, I would almost be more welcoming of taking like the top 24 from the 83 84 bracket and only the top eight from this one into the granddaddy um, but it would probably be a better stronger field yes but obviously that that's not going to be so you know we're, we're going to get some sad sack song in the sweet six or the, the granddaddy and a song like uh you know drive by the cars didn't make it so the nature of the beast. Yep, yep absolutely. It is what it is. Yep. Just ask Bruce Springsteen. Oh, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> <laughs> now that the four of us have weighed in with our opinions, let's bring in a real music expert. We'll pass over to Slat to introduce our special guest. Hey, we're privileged right now to be joined by somebody who can discuss this insurgence of metal music into the mainstream at this point. You may remember him as one of the co-hosts of that metal show on VH1. You can hear him now still on that Jameson show on Compact Video. We're very privileged to be joined by Mr. Don Jameson. <laughs> Don, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be uh, on with you. Talk some rock and roll. It's uh, it's all I know. I got a one-track mind, for fuck's sake. Hey, Don, say hey to Patrick and Rob and uh, Todd. What's up, fellas? Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Thanks for Good joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, this is right in the, my wheelhouse. This is right in my world, what we're going to talk about today. So happy to jump on and... Uh, you know, known Bruce for years, so he said pop on with my guys, so here I am. Hey, Don, the reason we wanted to have you on, you know, we're having this uh, 80s music tournament on our pop culture trivia, our tournament page, and we divided it up into brackets, and the first three parts of the uh, 1980s, we, we had very small representation uh, from metal music because it wasn't really mainstream. You know, Crazy Train made an appearance, and Round and Round by, by Rap made an appearance, and uh, actually almost did a little bit of damage. But uh, as we go to this 88-89 bracket, it is loaded with Guns N' Roses and Poison and Warrant and Lita Ford and, and Skid Row even makes, makes the field. What was it about this time frame, do you think, Don, 
uh, that that allowed metal music to become more mainstream? Well, I mean, definitely MTV. I mean, that was you know that was what MTV lived off of for for years was you know the the LA scene. You know what they would they were termed the hair bands and all that. So um, you had these bands that were exploding overnight because uh you know they play your video on mtv a few times and you know next thing you know you go from playing your local bar to playing arenas and uh that happened with a lot of bands i mean that just there was just a there's a documentary on a and e about mtv and that's pretty much exactly what brett michael says is like we were we were like we were playing for you know drinks and dinner and then mtv started playing our videos and Next thing you know, we're we're doing arenas. So that's uh, that was a huge factor, obviously. And so, Don, do you have any uh, any crazy stories about how how did you and Florentine end up doing the metal show? Well, we met Eddie Trunk at a rub and tug. <laughs> <laughs> we used to hang out with Robert Kraft a lot, and uh, <laughs> so uh, it was you know I was like, oh, that's aren't you the radio guy? This is weird, you know. And he's like, you the comedian guys. This is weird that we're all in a rub and tug together. And so we then we were then we had to do something together because we know too many secrets about one another. And uh, we came up with that metal show and we went into VH1. And, you know, we thought, um, you know, we thought nothing would happen. You know, you know how it is, Bruce. Like, you, you know, you see these comics, you know, when they get big, but you don't realize um like what went into it before. So I had done like so many TV pilots before they never got picked up. So, and same with Florentine. So when we went in the meeting, we were just goofing around. We dressed in like camouflage shorts and, and concert shirts for the meeting. It was just like, uh, you know, we'll let VH1 buy us some lunch. Nothing will come of it. And uh, we just busted Eddie's balls the whole time in the meeting. And, uh, and they called us back like a week later and said, hey, you know, we want to do something with you guys. We don't really know that much about hard rock and metal like you guys do, but we like the chemistry between you three. So, you know, sometimes by doing all the wrong things, the right things happen, and uh, and the show was born. Now, how long did that run? Did that run in its in its original with original programming? Yeah. By the way, that that whole story was true except for the rub and tuck part, oh. just for the record. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the best part, Don. Not that I'm not that I'm against it, but. Um, <laughs> How many? Oh, so, how many oh so big, so much. Um, <laughs> a friend told me about him. How uh, many years? How many years was that on in its original run? It was about like eight years, fourteen seasons. So um, it was a good run, you know. And we're all still three great friends, and uh, actually been hanging out a lot during the pandemic, um, getting together and. You know, it's funny, man. We, you know, we've gotten together a bunch of times over the summer, and and some of the, the rockers that live here in Jersey, uh, like Mark Tornillo from Accept and PJ and Steve from Trickster, like they've come down. We've all hung down at Eddie Shore House and sit around and just talk about rock and roll. And I'm like, you guys realize we're still doing the show. You know, we're just, but we're not getting paid, and there's no cameras. And there's so. no cameras, right? <laughs> now you got you got a bit of a. It got a bit of a second life, didn't it, Don? When uh, when VH Classic, VH1 Classic, uh, launched. Uh, well, you mean MTV Classic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they started they started um, re-airing it when because that's what happened. When people go, "What happened to the show?" And I said, "Well, the whole network actually went away." So you know, you got to give us credit. We know how to get a show canceled, and we 
you know, not only does the show go away, we, we take down the whole channel with us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, so they made VH1 classic MTV classic and they were still airing the show. And we thought, Oh, maybe, you know, they'll want to, they'll be interested in producing new episodes. But what happened was I, I came home from like, uh, I might've been now playing your room, Bruce. And I came home and, uh, I had like 28 residual checks in my mailbox from MTV classic, you know, repeating, uh, episodes of that metal show. And, um, once they caught wind that we were making all this money on residuals, they quickly stopped airing the episode. So, <laughs> but it was good. I bought a car with, with what I got. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like, why the hell did I fly out to Fairview Heights, Illinois, when I could have just stayed home and made all this money? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The checks are piling up here and, and, uh, but it's good. You know, VH1 classic bought me a house and, and MTV classic bought me a car. So I'm pretty much set. All right. Well, it looks like you guys are going to get back together uh, for for a comedy show coming up here in Jersey this month. Yeah, you know, um, you know, 2020 was really um, gearing up to be a, a really great year for rock. With what with all the young bands coming up uh, who are making great music, you know, the the female rockers, you know, like Lizzie Hale and and uh, uh, Taylor Momsen and Dorothy and. Uh, all the, you know, that, that whole crew. And then there's a young thrashers like alien weaponry and uh, power trip. And then of course, all the big reunions that were going to happen, Rage Against the Machine, Black Crows, My Chemical Romance and Motley Crue doing the stadium tour. And uh, since that got canceled, um, Jim and Eddie and I decided we're going to do a stadium tour so we are doing that metal show live at the Blue Claw Stadium here in New Jersey on September 18th, a week from yesterday. And uh, we're going to have some special guests come down and we're going to sort of do the show live. And Jim and I are going to do some stand up and we'll have a musical guest. And so it'll be uh, like old times with, with the boys and uh, looking forward to a nice socially distanced outdoor stadium show. That's tremendous. Hey, I don't want to hog this whole interview. Do, you, do any of the other fellows have something for Don? Yeah, I have a question. Don, I have to ask, what is your thoughts of Greta Van Fleet? Well, it, you know, my thought is, it's, you know, to me, there's, it's still, you know, way too close to Zeppelin for me. You know, like, like you know, we're, we're probably all around the same age. So we already had our Zeppelin, you know. So, um, you know, this is the Zeppelin for a new generation. You know, I like to hear them get away from it a little more but hey man you know what it's good for the scene you know because you know they're drawing man you know they, they were playing to like 5,000 people a night you know which for a rock band is 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 pretty damn good and plus they were getting females back to come back to rock shows you know I mean you know god bless I, you know hard rock and heavy metal that's that's what I live on but you know you go to you go to shows it's you know you know you're not going to get laid at a rush show <laughs> Speak for yourself, Don. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, if you go see Dream Theater, you know, you, you don't have to worry about showering or wearing cologne. There's not going to be one girl there. Todd, you got anything? Or, or Rob? <laughs> I've got a question for you, Don. Um, since Thank you, Rob. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Here to serve. Um, I'll put you on the spot maybe a little bit, but I'll give you a choice. Um, since this is a tournament group, we host these tournaments with brackets. 
I was wondering um, your own personal Final Four for the 80s metal. Like if you were to put four songs into the Final Four, what would those be? Or I'll give you the out to go um, maybe your top four personal bands. I know that um, you've said in the past, I, um, I listened to your comedy special last night and I heard you say that uh, Kiss Destroyer was in your, um, was your gateway to metal. So either your top four uh, metal albums or your final four, um, four 80s metal songs. Your choice. Wow. Um, geez. So aren't you glad I didn't ask a question now? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. You're my favorite guy over there. Um, no, it's a good question because obviously, uh, as much as I do like to get into some of the newer stuff, um, you know, the core bands that I go to most often are, yeah, are bands from either the 70s or 80s. So, uh, or you know, obviously bands that spanned that time. Um, so I don't, Rip, you could help me with this, Rip. What, mo, you got to put Motorhead in there. And so what, what was it? 1916, that, that came out in the eighties, right? So let's put Motorhead 1916. Uh, there's no, well, there was Sabbath in the eighties with Ronnie. What'd they do in the eighties? Um, Heaven and Hell. Okay. Got to put that in. That was right at, oh, well, 1980s, a, a sick year for music. Um, you had Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz, you had Heaven and Hell, and you had Back in Black, ACDC. So there you go. Awesome. Fantastic job. See, hey. that, was, that was actually easier than I thought. <laughs> Rob, you can ask a question if you want. <laughs> I'm now, I'm warm, now I'm warmed up. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Don, hey, we know you're a busy fella. Thank you so much, A, for doing the video that kicked off this entire 80s extravaganza. Thanks for jumping on here with us today. It, it, it means the world to us. Uh, you know, as, as a, a comedian myself, I, when I meet my heroes, uh, some of them are nice and some of them are dicks. Uh, you are definitely one of the nice guys. Thanks so much for jumping on here. Uh, good luck with your show. Tell Florentine I said hey. Yeah, I will do. I will, I will, uh, I will see him soon. And um, uh, good luck with the tournament. And when we get down to the nitty-gritty, if you got some uh, metal bands still hanging in there, let me know. Um, we'll, I'll jump on for the, the grand finale. All right. Thank, thanks so much, Don. Thanks, Don. Later, guys. Thanks so much. See you. Back. Later. And we want to do, once again thank Don Jameson for coming on to analyze uh, the 1988-89 bracket, as well as his thoughts on 80s music in general. We will be joined by other special guests as the podcast moves, as long as their expertise fits the topic. And again, thanks so much, John, for just stopping by and having a chat with us today. That wraps up today's episode. We hope you'll join us and vote on your favorite 80s songs in our Facebook group, Pop Culture Tournaments. You can also follow our podcast page on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to write to us, you can do so at popculturetournaments at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a review and rating on your preferred podcast platform. It'll help others find the show, and we'd appreciate it. If you leave a review, we may read it on a future show. Please enjoy the 88-89 Best Song of the 80s Tournament. On behalf of our seating committee and the awesome members of our group, this is Rob. I'm Patrick. I'm Slant. And I'm Todd. And we'll talk to you next time.